Hello there. Hi, my name is Chris Adams, and I am pleased to announce that we do have a name for the podcast. And as underwhelming as it is, it will be Chris Adams Presents. And uh, for those of you guys who have, have, uh, know me, uh, I'm a big culture guy. And, and one of the things that we're going to talk about on this podcast is, well, and to be honest with you, this is my first podcast uh, solo. Uh, there's no video to this. It's just me kind of coming in here kind of impromptu and just going over, you know, my thoughts for the day and um, how I, you know, organize, not really organize my day, but kind of what, what I think about that I try to implement. And this one is, is really fantastic in the fact that I talk about the, the triple threat uh, in business, right? The, the business trident. And in here, I think it's, this is really important uh, theory. And once again, the podcast for me is, they're just my thoughts. They're not really here to give you advice. Um, if anything, it's, it's just for me a way to communicate for my customers uh, and, and potential clients that really understand who I am. Because I think it's important for clients to get a feeling of who they're going to be working for because it business for what we do in technology, you know, is intimate. There are a lot of things that we're privy to that are sensitive and not just passwords. And um, this is kind of kind of my thought and the business trident, the triple threat, uh, my experience growing up and and how I learned about what those what those are. Uh, I have a really cool uh, thought on Coach uh, Deion Sanders at the uh, Colorado Buffs, and you know some other things that um, are there. Once again, I'm not trying to do this podcast to, to give you advice. Uh, I am trying to create uh, thought, and um, I think this is a really good dose of of what goes on uh, in my mind in the morning when I sit down and, and kind of do my journal writing and, you know, the takeaways from some of the stuff that I write too. So this is Chris Adams uh, Presents, and in here I talk about the importance of understanding what your business triple threat is. So enjoy, and we'll catch you on this side. Thanks. Hello there. Hey, welcome. My name is Chris Adams, president of Adams Technology Group, and this is the my podcast, Chris Adams Presents, and it's a little bit weird here. So uh, first few episodes I've done with a guest, this is kind of my first uh, solo podcast, but one of the things that I've done or I do is uh, journal, and on this episode, we're going to be talking about this theory that I've been working on that I've started journaling with that came from the process of trying to name the podcast. And I think you'll, <clears throat> excuse me, see in the first few episodes, we call it the nameless podcast. We call it the nameless podcast because we didn't have a name. Uh, we were shooting this thing. It's not that we didn't have a name. Um, 
but we didn't have a name. We we you know thrown out you know the modern day warrior. Uh, we thrown out technology as what we do is not who we are, which is our vision statement for um, the company. We um, talked about you know a bunch of other things, and so in that process. Um, I took the weekend and said, okay, I need to come up with a name, right? We're getting ready to roll these episodes out. The name is podcast while, you know, cute is not, you know, functional from a marketing standpoint. So I was doing some reading and um, trying to figure out. So one of the things that I was sure about was we were going to be talking about the kind of the three pillars, right? And, and you're going to hear from me. I'm a big uh, vision guy, a big mission guy, and the pillars. And we're going to be talking about that today. But I knew that clarity, I knew that um, commitment, and I knew that culture were always going to be the three pillars that we were going to be talking about. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. Well, I was um, thumbing through Instagram and came across uh, some advertisements for um, some leadership stuff, and they were using a Trident. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe the Trident podcast, or, you know, and I was, you know, writing stuff down. But what came to mind was what I have right here, and what I'm going to share with you is, you know, this business Trident, this business triple threat theory that um, has really been resonating with me. And I think it's really applicable for businesses to use. And and I think, you know, the thing for me is with the, with the podcast and what my goal is, my goal of the podcast is not to give advice, right? Advice, I think, um, is not terrible, but the advice that I give is based on my experiences. The advice that I would give are based on my prejudices. Um, I believe that people need to be empowered, which is kind of one of our core pillars for ATG. And to do that for me from a leadership standpoint is you you get to that level through asking questions. And so the thing for me is in the podcast – I'm just going to share with you some of the the thoughts that come through my mind, ask them questions for you to, to either relate with or to think about something, uh, you know, a little bit differently. So this business trident or the triple threat, the way that I grew up as, as a basketball player is we have the triple threat, right? And even as a soccer player, what's the triple threat? The triple threat is uh, pass, dribble, and shoot. But I think more importantly, it's the order of which the triple threat is executed, right? So as a soccer player, as a basketball player, uh, I'm not sure about football. Uh, It could be offense, defense, uh, special teams. Um, Not sure about tennis or some of the other sports, but the ones that I played. So with soccer and basketball, the first option that you have when you got the ball in your hand was to shoot. And if you couldn't shoot, then you would pass. And if you couldn't shoot and you couldn't pass, then your only option was to dribble. And I think that what's interesting about all three of those 
is that it requires action. And I think some of us sometimes, me included, kind of get stuck in, you know, the pivot or holding on to the ball and not knowing what to do with the ball. And that's really, really dangerous, right? Think about that as a soccer player. Think about that as a basketball player. Someone passes you the ball to it and you freeze or you hold on to the ball for, you know, one second, two seconds, three seconds in some cases, uh, you're going to be swarmed. And you're going to get um, an amount, uh, an enormous amount of pressure. And I think that's really interesting because I think that holds true in our life. We've got a decision to make. And the more time that we, that we take to make the decision, the more analysis we do, the more paralysis takes into place. And one of my philosophies is the fact that is, is I you know, teach my kids and I talk to, you know, the staff, uh, the only bad decision is no decision. And I think there's a lot to be said about that because people are afraid of mistakes. Well, why am if I don't make the, you know, the right decision? Okay. I, I think it's not so much making the, <laughs> the wrong decision. It's about having the skills to overcome the mistake right or the bad decision or understanding how to learn from it and be better for it. And I think a lot of people in business and in life and in sports um get caught holding the ball. And so with the triple threat, pass, shoot, dribble all requires action. You got to be moving, okay? The interesting thing for me is when you have the the ball either on the soccer field, and and for instance, you know what your goal is, right? The goal is, or the objective is to score goals, okay? So you can shoot at the goal. Um, You can dribble towards the goal. You can pass towards the goal. Now, what's really interesting is the game of basketball and the game of soccer, right? You can go up, down, left, right, diagonal, all over the field, but there is always a common goal. There is always the goal. There is the basket. Everyone on the team needs to know where they're going. And I think sometimes in our businesses, we don't know what the goal is. Or, in worst, we think that the goal is profits. And I think in this day and age, the way that we look at our businesses, we look at it from... Um, we make businesses decisions based on what's best for the bottom line. And I think we're going to talk about some things that I think that mindset needs to shift. It's, it's clearly shifted, uh, here in our organization. Um, I think there's some terms and some cliches out there. You'll kind of, you'll kind of hear, you know, people over profits. Well, I, I do believe in that, but I think a lot of people say that just to say that. But when it comes down to making decisions, they make decisions based on profits and not people. And so with the triple threat, it's um, this constant action. What is the action? Well, the action is practice, right? You have to um, practice with intention. Um, in, the, in the book Grit by uh, Angela Duckworth, it's a really powerful book, and I recommend it. The big takeaway for me on that book 
is anyone can go out and practice, right? Anyone can go out and, and shoot 100 free throws. It's not shooting the 100 free throws. It's making 100 free throws. And that was really the big takeaway for me in the book was the fact that, listen, okay, I need to be a better free throw shooter, so I'm going to go out and I'm going to go shoot 100 free throws. And Angela basically, you know, talks about, or Dr. Duckworth talks about, there has to be uh, intention behind that. And there has to be effort, right? And it, in, in my mind, it's effort with the right intention. So instead of going out and trying to become a better free throw shooter um, and just going out and shooting 100 free throws, I'm going to go out and I'm going to make 100 free throws. And if you think about just that little shift in, in that change, when you step up to the free throw line, it, it all changes. Because if I step over the it to the free throw line, and I'm just going to throw up 100 balls, that's completely different than going up and saying, I'm going to make 100 free throws. And that's that's kind of the thing for me is action, right, is practice. We have to practice with intention. Angela has this great diagram, and we're going to talk about that book uh, in another podcast, but it talks about talent plus effort equals skill, Right? And then it talks about skill plus effort equals success, right? And what is success? And I th- this is a whole other topic, right? I mean, how are we measuring success in our organizations? Are we measuring success in our organizations based on market share, profitability, margins, first-to-market, shareholder wealth, dividends, right? All of these technical things that are really easy to measure. But I think what we have to do is we have to really start looking at our businesses about how can we define success and the things that actually really matter and actually move the needle and actually are the long game, right? Because the technical things are all short-term. Dividends, profit, uh, margins, those those are all immediate. And And the thing about it is they're easy to calculate. The non-technical things are much harder to calculate, but they're much more rewarding. And so one of the the kind of that whole that whole thing uh, is when you're when your staff or your team you know comes to work, what is the environment that you're creating, the culture that you're creating for all of that to take place? Right? So what is this business triple uh, triple threat and this business trident theory and how can we apply it to our organizations? And our organizations, you know, I think they're kind of like the laboratory. It's, it's the office. It's what do we create? What do we test? Um, what do we, you know, evaluate and what do we change? And I think our organizations, if, if you don't have a really good feedback loop in your organization, at all levels, from an operational standpoint, from a marketing standpoint, from a sales standpoint, from a customer support standpoint, um, you're really not able to innovate. Um, And those feedback loops um, are hard to create because they have to have 
a sense of authenticity. They have to be uh, facts, right? Not truth. There's a difference between truth and facts. They have to be facts. So we have to have this constant feedback loop that uh, allows us to constantly innovate. And if your company is not innovating uh, internally, not just with products, but internally, you're losing market share. You are not being the best business that you can be for sure because you're not getting better, right? And the definition, I think, of growth is, you know, not through, you know, sales and not through market share and not through, you know, shareholder wealth and whatnot. It's, you know, how is, how are we growing as a company? The vision statement that we have for Adams Technology Group is technology is what we do. It's not who we are, Right. Out there on the other side of the door, we have incredible technicians, super smart, um, but they're they're incredible humans. And the thing for us is, we're we're about community, we're about relationships, um, and how we build that is very intentional. It's the practice, right? It's providing. Um, a vision statement, a mission statement, and these pillars that act as our goal, right? When we have the basketball, we know where the basket's at. When we have the soccer ball, we know where the goal is at. We may go left. We may go right. We actually may go backwards, but we're really moving the ball forward. We're really trying to progress, and we're all working on the same page. Organizations that don't have that, are they really able to make decisions? Are they really able to get their team behind them and giving maximum effort? Um, And if you're not getting maximum effort, you really need to understand why. And we're going to, we'll kind of get into some of that uh, in this. So you got to have this feedback loop, right? So the triple threat for business, right? My, my first, my first go at this would be there are three things that you need to you need to write down. Number one, people. Number two, tools. And number three, purpose. Okay, so people. Um, obviously, do we have um, the the right people on the bus in the right seat? Right. I think Jim Collins uh, talks about that in the book, uh, good to great. Um, and he's, he's right. Um, so we have people, we also have tools. What are the tools? Well, the tools are the equipment that they're using. Um, whether that's, you're, you know, a machine shop and you, you've got, uh, uh, tooling machines or you got wrenches or you got tables in, in our business, we've got, uh, you know, monitors, keyboards, mice, um, it's applications, it's software, right? It's all the things that the people use to complete the mission or to score the goal or to move the ball. And then the third thing is purpose. Like, why are we coming to work? And if your staff is coming to work just to, to get a paycheck 
and you want your staff to come to work so they can help you generate money, which I think a lot of businesses do. I think they say they don't do, but I think that we see that they do, uh, not just in little businesses, but in really big businesses. Um, we have a problem, and, and I think the problem is rampant through throughout uh, our country. So let's talk about number one, people. How do we find the right people? Uh, interviews, tests, uh, conversations. One of the things that that we do here in, in we just opened up a, a post with Indeed because uh, we're looking for another uh, help desk uh, technician. Is we we have a pretty defined uh, interview process. Um, one of the things that's really important to me is not the resume. It's not their technical ability. It's who they are. Now, that is an alignment with our vision statement. Technology is what we do. It's not who we are. I'm looking for the right human that is going to be kind, compassionate, uh, going to be able to show you know empathy. Um, the big thing that I'm looking for is coachability. What are they doing to continue to, to grow? Um, are they active? Um, you know, all of these non-technical things, right? So that's, that's the first process. You don't even get to have a conversation about your, how smart you are and how much technical ability you are because that doesn't matter to me. We have a culture here that we have to maintain. The culture is everything that we do to move the vault forward and provide a high level of customer service, right? Complete the mission. What's our mission? Our mission is we keep our customers, computers, and internet running fast and secure. That's the mission. Okay. That starts with people. So we have to have these conversations. We have to be able to uh, interview. We have to get the right people on the bus and get the right people in the right seats. And the other thing is that we've got a lot of people that came into our organization that started out, you know, in one position, but clear like Shez, um, has moved through our organization because we keep finding, you know, his gifts and talents, right? And we're all about leveraging those gifts and talents. Um, and that's my job. My job is making sure that we're putting in people in the, in the right spots and positions, you know, to win. And I also think that um, that it's important to make sure that we're interviewing and asking the, the right questions, right? Um, if you don't get the right people in, you got to be able to make the change quick. I think, uh, Gary V just, I just saw something from him the other day. And the fact that, listen, uh, you can't let your ego dictate the fact that you, you made a mistake and hired the wrong person and continue to try to get that person to be some, something or someone uh, that they're not going to be. It's better for you and it's better for them for that change to happen. And I think you have to have, that's hard. 
I've been through that several times. No one likes that. But I think at the end of the day, you can be uh, compassionate and gracious about how that, how that works. Um, so that's, that's people, you got to have the right people in the organization and you got to have, you got to be able to practice that. You got to be able to practice with intention. And I would just say, you know, are we hiring the best people or are we hiring the, the best talent? You can find great people with great talent, but it takes time and it's, and it's the long game. Now, the second thing is like tools. What tools are you providing your team staff uh, that they are going to use that is going to help them, you know, score goals, complete the mission? So one of the cool things that we do here is when when we get a, a technician that comes in, um, they get to put together their desk, they get to put together their computer, we give them a bunch of boxes, and the first thing they do is they go through and they they put it all together. Um, there's a couple of reasons for that. One, um, that's their hardware, and we want them to kind of understand um, what how it works, right? It makes kind of initiation has been kind of fun. We originally started in that at the beginning because we had to do it anyway because we didn't have any computers. But um, we we allow or I allow our team to pick out their keyboards and their mice. And we have expensive keyboards and expensive mice. And why do I do that? Well, because they need the best. It's a tool. Uh, they also have the best uh, headsets for their phones. They also have really good headsets. They also have really good monitors. They have triple monitors. They have uh, a top-of-the-line uh, chair. Now, that's a gaming chair. There's a difference between an office chair and a gaming chair, and I'll tell you that right now. They spend a lot of time sitting in their chairs. But they also have stand-up desks so they can break away. I want my team to have the best tools. Uh, one, it goes to show that I, I care about them. Um, and I think it becomes a little bit fun because they get they get to pick out their keyboard and they get to pick out their mouse. I mean, if you, and everyone has, uh, I can't even tell you, I think the mice are pretty standard, but the keyboards are all over the place. Some like them loud, double stack, some of them like quiet, some of them like to illuminate. It doesn't matter to me. But I tell you what, it does matter to them. And it's just one of those things where they're in this environment and they're there to complete the mission. And the thing for me is, am I giving them the best tools? Am I putting them in the best environment for them to win, for them to accomplish the mission? And that's that's a simple answer for you. I am or I'm not. Um, and the tools part of it, to be honest with you, is probably the easiest part because you can go out and just buy those tools. Now, let's be honest. When we first started out, um, like we just hired one of one of our new guys, been with us about three months. His experience and the tools that he's using now is a lot different than the tools that that. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, Justin or Shez, some of our early guys started out with. 
we, we just didn't have the money to get that done. Did they have good tools? They had good tools, but they weren't the best tools. And that was an investment uh, for me that I, that I am happy to make every single time. There's a lot of pride in these keyboards and these mice. Um, and just talk to, just talk to any gamer, right? Um, it's like the car that they drive. It's like the clothes that they wear. It is a part of them. And that was one of the first things that, that I noticed. So for you, like, you know, as an accountant, I mean, most everyone in organizations are using computers. Um, are those fast and reliable computers or are those slow and janky and, and people are always having to complain about, you know, it freezing up and it's not working and, you know, it's just not well taken care of and it's, you know, software updates are happening and, you know, you're having to log into, you know, two or three uh, usernames to get into the app because you don't have enough licenses to do whatever. Um, are, are those really things and tools that you're providing to uh, give your employees the best tools so they can be in a position to win? I, I can't answer that. Only you can answer that. So I think tools are uh, are really uh, important. Are they budget-driven? Absolutely. But those budgets can change uh, as you continue to uh, grow. Now, can you have great people with poor tools? I, you absolutely can. Um, can you start with less tools um, and work up to providing you know better tools? Absolutely. You know, case in point, I just talked about right when our our newest guy that we just hired here. <laughs> I mean, he walks into an environment that we didn't have you know three years ago, four years ago, not even close. Um, and but that's what we've kind of kind of grown into. So you can definitely uh, do that. And, you know, you need to do that. Uh, I think, you know, people, in my opinion, you know, deserve to come to work and be in an environment that's, that's healthy. They need to, to come to work and be in an environment that they believe that they're cared for. Um, but I think you know, moving on to point number three, I think that most everyone wants to come to work to fulfill something that's greater than them, right? Like, what's the purpose? What's what's the point of me coming into work? What is my job doing that helps move the boat uh, in the direction for the entire organization to be successful. And that's purpose. Um, it's the hardest. It's why are we coming to work? Why are we, you know, spending time away from our families? Why am I spending eight hours uh, or more away uh, or with you in this environment? And it can't just be about the paycheck and the benefits. Um, there are a lot of people out there that go to work every single day uh, because they need the money and you're providing it for them. There, there are a lot of unhealthy relationships out there in the work environment. Um, I've always told my guys that if you have a problem getting out of your car, walking across a parking lot, 
coming in the front door and going to your desk, in any of those moments, you're not excited to be coming to work, we need to have a conversation and we need to understand what's going on. Um, because something's not right. Either I'm not doing something right, something's not going right in the culture, or you have something going on outside of that environment that's bringing you down, of which uh, we definitely need to be having a you know conversation because what's going on out there in your world is definitely going to affect what's going on in our world, right? Um, and we need to make sure that we're, we're providing environment and that I have a relationship with my team that I can have those conversations. And I have a lot of those conversations, right? Um, you have a bad day, you know, um, you know, or something happens with your spouse or something happens with your, you know, kids, or you get, you know, cut off in traffic or, you know, um, they didn't give you the right order in the drive-through or, you know, or whatever it is. Um, if you're bringing that reaction into the office, it's going to have a ripple effect, right? And one of the things that, that we do here is we, we, I teach people, you know, the difference between, you know, reacting and responding, uh, giving them the tools to make sure that they're understanding that there's an event that happens and you are the one that's going to provide the emotion towards the event. Because at the end of the day, the event is neutral. What gives the event momentum, energy, is you and how you choose to either respond or react to it. Uh, either, it, you know, it can ruin your day, it can, you know, send you into a, a fit, or it can just understand the fact that, okay, how I get to choose, you know, how I'm going to react to that. And that's conversation for another one. But my point being is the fact that um, why are why why is your team, why, why are your employees, you know, coming to work? You've got to give them a, a purpose. Why are they excited to get out of bed every morning and get in the car and come um, come to the office. And I think if you listen to the interview that Shez and I did, um, podcast two or three, you know, he talks about he's genuinely excited to come to work because he knows he's going to have challenges here and he knows that he's going to, you know, be helping some people out in, in their organizations. And those are the kinds of people that we want because they have to be supporters. Um, and that's, you know, that's a whole nother topic, but you got to get the right people in the right seats and that takes, that takes time. And then when you get them in the right seats, you got to give them something, you got to give them a purpose. Um, purpose is the motivation, kind of the inspiration. It's, it's the North star of the organization. When decisions have to be made, the decision A or B typically is going to be, does that help us fulfill our vision and complete our mission or doesn't it? It's either yes or no. And if it does, great. And if it doesn't, then, okay, then, then why are we considering it? And you can take that decision matrix down to the, you know, to the lowest levels. My team is completely empowered. They're empowered because they understand what our vision statement is and understands what our mission statement is. You can go through our organization and you can ask every single one of our guys what our our vision statement is, what our mission statement is, and what our core pillars are. We go over it every single Friday. 
They have it memorized. Why do they have it memorized? Because it's what we do. It's it's the game plan. Um, and that provides them everything that they need to do to figure out what we need to do to solve the problem. It's amazing. If you don't have that, um, you're really um, missing out on all of the potential that you guys have in your organizations. So purpose is it. And I'll tell you, technology is what we do. It's not who we are. That just didn't come to me in an hour. Um, that took months uh, to put that put that together. The mission statement was first, actually. Um, and I spent a lot of time uh, putting that together. But it was important. We had to have it. Um, and it's been kind of retuned, uh, refined uh, over time. But that's only because we continue to grow and reinvent ourselves as we continue to innovate through our feedback loops where that continues just to get tweaked just a little bit. So here's the, here's the challenges. Uh, the challenges are most people, most businesses don't have a purpose and they don't have a vision. Um, number two is they don't have it memorized and no one knows where it is or what it means. Um, I think that, I think that is a problem. They may, it may be written down in some employee handbook or it may be, you know, up on a, on a board, you know, in a placard somewhere in the, in the foyer or in the break room or something like that. But, um, that, that's a, that's a problem. So number one, they don't have it or number two, people don't have it memorized, memorized. But the, the, the third thing is they don't believe it. What you, what you have on what those words are that you have on the wall or in the employee handbook aren't believed because they're not in alignment with your actions. And I think that's where we kind of, the ball comes off the reservation and the fact that, uh, or a ball goes off the court is the fact that we're not in alignment, right? What we watch on TV, what we listen to on the radio or on a podcast, um, the books that we read, all of that has to be in alignment with all of the things that we do. You see what I'm getting at? It's your culture. It's your environment. It's the people that you that you put around yourself. It's the tools that you use, right? It's the business trident is the same thing that you need to have in your personal life. What is your purpose? What are the tools that you have in place to complete your purpose and your missions? What are your gifts and talents that God has given you? And then it's it's understanding, you know, the purpose, you know, the tools, and, um, you know, the people that you have around you. So, number one, there is no vision statement. There is no mission statement. There's no pillars. Um, if there is... People uh, don't know where, where to see them. They're, they don't know what they are. And the worst is the fact that maybe they maybe you do have one. Maybe they do know what it is, but then they don't believe it, right? Those are three strikes. Those are uh, terrible. The, the inputs, the words of the vision, the mission statement, 
don't equate to the actions or the outputs that you're putting in place. Now, unfortunately, that's 100, 1,000% top down. If you're the business owner, that's coming straight from you. If you're a, if you're a team leader or you're a manager and you're listening to this podcast, you can create that culture right for your team, but it's going to be really hard moving forward because if the if the organization to the side of you or the organization above you isn't in alignment, you are going to be in constant conflict. My advice to you would be you got to get your life in alignment because that conflict is going to wear and tear on you and you're going to take it home, you're going to take it to church, you're going to take it to your friends. It's going to eat you up and it's just better to understand like the fact that listen, just like if you've got an employee that isn't working, they're a great person but they're just not the right person for the role or the organization, you have to be able to let them go. There's an organization for them somewhere else. And that's the same way um, with you if you're in a management role, wherever that is. And I understand that sometimes you got to stay where you are because you're making a wage that you're not going to get someplace else. But that wage is going to have some some consequences. Uh, there's just there's just no other way around it, right? I mean, how many uh, people out there are coming home and they're telling their spouses that they hate their job? I've got a good friend right now that doesn't like his job. He's trying to figure out, you know, what he wants to do. I know what he should do. I know what he's passionate about. I can't force him to do it. I can only encourage him and be a friend, but he's going to have to make the decision what he's, he's incredibly gifted uh, as an engineer. He loves to build. He, and more importantly, he loves to help people. Um, and he's analytical. He's a supporter. He's out all these things to go out and just and just get after it. But he's got to kind of get over that uh, that security level, and that's going to happen. Um, I'm not sure what what the catalyst is going to be, but that pendulum is going to swing, and, and finally, it's just going to be, you know, screw it. I gotta I gotta get that done. So, um, it's 100 percent, 1,000 percent top down. Presidents, CEOs, executive teams, business owners. Um, that's where that stuff needs to come from. Uh, can't be written by an attorney. It has to be uh, written by you, and it, you have to believe it. Um, and it needs to be authentic, and it needs to be genuine. If you don't have a vision statement and mission statement in your organization, you have no purpose. There, there's no purpose. Tell me what the purpose of your organization is. You're going to fall back to technical things. Are we making money? Is my K-1 bigger than it was last year? Are we holding our margins, right? Hold on, got. And the non-technical stuff is 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 kind of where we get stuck and where we fall back to, right? The state of our organization, right? If you if, if someone said, "Listen, how's business?" and you respond to them and say, yeah, "Listen, we're up twenty percent from last year," is that really the answer you want to be giving? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's an easy measurement. And and quite frankly, it's um it's kind of empty in my opinion. Okay, so um 
thoughts, actions, words, um, the inputs, you know, what we, what we read, what we watch, what we listen to, you know, all of these things contribute to the authenticity uh, of our purpose. All right. So if you take all of that, I mean, really, at the end of the day, that's where your culture is. Um, it's really tough to create a culture if you don't have a purpose. Um, you can't achieve maximum potential, maximum innovation without understanding where the basket is. I mean, think about think about playing basketball with no with with no basket. You know what I mean? You have to you have to understand when we're in the triple threat, right? Where's the goal? And if I can't score, where am I pass passing to? So I can pass to someone else on the team so they can, you know, advance the ball. And if I can't shoot and I can't pass, where am I dribbling to, right? And we're dribbling, you know, away from pressure, away from the threat to create an opportunity for us either to shoot and or to pass, all moving the ball uh, towards the goal. The goal, what's the, what's the purpose? It has to be bigger than revenue. It has to be bigger than margins. It has to be bigger than market share. It has to be more than just, you know, being first to market. And so um, I think that's the, you know, kind of the, you know, the, uh, the epitome of people over profits, right? We save people over profits, but we make all our decisions based on, you know, what we can afford or what, what the budget allows. Um, I think... There's there's a really good example going on in the um, college football space right now, and if you've been living, if you're a college football fan or a sports fan, you've been living under a rock. There's this uh, there's this figure out there, um, Deion Sanders, um, Coach Prime, who is the head football coach now, new head football coach of the University of Colorado uh, Buffaloes, and. I was thinking about him because I've been following him and I really love some of the stuff that he's been doing um, from getting an organization that's been losing for a lot of years and had kind of a toxic culture. No one no one cared who what that organization was doing. No one cared about that football team. They were sitting in the bottom of the of the standings in the Pac twelve, et cetera, et cetera. But what he has done in, I'm not sure exactly when he was hired, but let's just call it, you know, January to where he is now, nine months. And I just wanted to kind of kind of work it through this, this triple threat theory, people, tools, and purpose, and just kind of give you my synopsis about what Coach Prime has been doing, what he's been able to achieve over there. And... So, so let's talk about people, right? So Coach, Coach Prime, um, when he came in, he lost 
about 50 football players. And he says, and I listened to him in an interview, he said it was really hard to to let those guys go, but they weren't the right fit for what he wanted uh, for his organization. And so, so the thing that you have to understand is um, that's a pretty bold move, right? I mean, there's only somewhere between 60 and 70 football players uh, and scholarship players. So if you have 50, 50 to 70 and you and you chain and you let 50 of them go, imagine you're the new CEO of an organization and you're gonna let you need to let 75% of your workforce go because they're not they're not the right fit. Um, that's a big change and it's risky. And he caught a lot of criticism for that, but he understood the importance of what he wanted to do and what his purpose is, what the purpose of the Colorado Buffalo football team is going to be. And he needed to get the right people on the bus, on the football team, in the right seats. And he was willing to to make that change. Um, so we revamped the entire football roster, right? Number one, people. Number two, number two, uh, Colorado, from the pictures that I've seen and from what I've heard, is an unbelievably beautiful um, campus with a great stadium, a lot of tools. But I also have seen some stuff on social media where you know Coach Prime was providing um, great tools to the athletes, uh, locker rooms. Uh, equipment, right? All the things. He was giving them and providing them all of the tools that, that, they, that they needed. Now, I don't know a lot about how a football program runs. I would love to go over there and, and visit and just see that, you know, 24 hours, see that operation in 24 hours. But I can tell you that he, they have all the tools that they need to, to be successful and they got the best tools. Um, and I think um, one of the signs that I've seen in Coach Prime's office behind his desk, I think it says something about look good. Uh, if you look good, you play good. If you play good, they pay good. Right? Makes a lot of sense. In, in case in point, you know, triple threat. Right? Business trident right there. The three things. So the the other thing that Coach Prime did, and I think this is this is the whole telltale, is the fact that he gave him he gave him belief, and he gave him a purpose. And I love the love the question that he continues to ask them, and I'm sure he asked all fifty of those people, those student athletes that left, "Do you believe?" And if they didn't believe, they left. And I will tell you that the roster that he has now, everyone believes. Do you believe? And that is a really powerful question. And I think um, it helps go along with the other saying that he has is, we're coming. We're coming. So you tell me, based on those two things, do you believe and we're coming, 
what kind of energy and focus that he has in that football organization. He gave them the purpose. He's given them the tools. And he's got the people. So when he puts all that stuff together, and we and he hasn't talked about winning, right? He hasn't talked about winning. He doesn't need to talk about winning, right? Making first downs is the byproduct of those three things. Scoring touchdowns is a byproduct of those three things. Winning football games is a byproduct of those three things. Holding up the championship trophy is a byproduct of having those three things. And I think that the interesting thing is, if you look at a a football game, you got to make first downs, right? If you make first downs, you're going to score touchdowns. If you score touchdowns, you're going to win football games. If you win football games, you're going to win championships, right? And the thing about it is that there's probably one more thing uh, ahead of making first downs, but I don't, I don't have enough football acumen to, to understand or to even remotely try to break that down, but you got to make a lot of first downs, first downs, win touch, uh, uh, score touchdowns, score touchdowns, wins football games, winning football games leads you to championships. That those are all byproducts. Those are technical, right? Byproducts of the non-technical. Do you believe we're coming, right? The energy in that, unbelievable. Because I think, you know, Adam Sandler talks about, uh, I forget the name of the movie on Netflix. He's a basketball scout. Uh, Passion trumps talent, right? I don't know that, that whether or not Coach Prime has the best talent, the, the most recruits or, or whatever that is. But I'll tell you, he's got guys in there that believe. And I bet you that there are kids in that program that both believe and had an unbelievable talent. And um, that's that's what your organization needs to have. And you need to, to figure that out. Um, if you get on Instagram, look at, you know, call, follow um, – I don't know what what it is. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, um, um, and you'll see you know all this this energy and the stuff that he's talking about, and he's telling the story, um, which is pretty powerful. Um, now the the interesting thing for me is how does those the triple threat inside the the University of Colorado Buffaloes um, triple threat or their purpose roll up to Dion's personal life. And the question I would ask you, do you think that's an alignment? Do you think he's in conflict? Do you think he's being someone outside here and trying to do something inside that organization? And I will tell you that based on what I've, and I don't know him and I would love to sit down and have a conversation, you know, at dinner just to understand that I know him because I'm not going to put words in his mouth. That's disrespectful, and I'm not going to do that. But if I was a bent man, I would say, you know what? He's in complete alignment because what he does 
what he says, it's all in alignment, right? And the belief that he has in God and what God has given to him and what his purpose is from God, it's just rolling downhill and it's just in alignment. It's it's pretty powerful. Uh, and it's the thing about it is that it's so powerful that people aren't going to be able to, to compete with it because it's, it's his unique journey. It's his unique purpose. Um, and when you, when you can do that, like I believe here that we don't, we don't have any competition, right? People, how we do it is why people hire us. All right. I mean, you can go in our organization, we sell a lot of firewalls. You can get a firewall anywhere. You can go to Amazon. You can go to Best Buy. You can go to CDW. You can go, I mean, all the resellers on Amazon. You can get a firewall anywhere, right? It's not the firewall that you're buying when you choose to do business with us. It's the people. It's the culture. It's how we're going to treat you. It's are we going to be there when you have a problem? And when you do have a problem, how are we going to be there? What are we going to do, right? And right, not to get into this, but we also have another mission statement for our help desk, right? We answer the phone within three rings and respond to every ticket, email ticket within 29 minutes. That's a culture, right? Uh, that's an operational efficiency. That's a, that's a standard that has not been set before. But it's, it's written down. Everyone knows that. And when we, when we uh, create processes inside our organization, it has to be in alignment with that. And um, when everything is in alignment, uh, you, you create a really powerful product. You create a really powerful company that's really hard to compete with. And the Colorado Buffaloes are doing that. Everyone will, will always talk about wins and losses. But if you're comparing wins and losses to what Coach Prime is doing, you're, you're kind of missing the whole thing. He's going to get those wins, right? But he's going to get a lot more than just wins. Um, okay, so how can we pre- break down the triple threat in your organization? I, you know, is it time to sit down and really have kind of a, a you know, kind of a come to Jesus moment, look in the mirror and do an honest fact-finding, soul-searching question about why am I in business? Why does my company exist? Why do my employees work for me? Am I a giver or am I a taker, right? What kind of leader am I? Is it uh, really uh, about them or is it about me? Is it about my ego? Am I saying one thing and doing another? Um because here's the deal, all right? It's it's kind of like our kids. Um, our kids see us, you know, all the time. And if we show up at church one way, and then we act another way in our homes, or we act another way in our uh, around our friends, right? I mean, what are our, what do our kids believe? We have to have we have to be in complete alignment. We have to understand what our purpose is for our being. And um, that's, that's kind of the challenge. You know, why are we here? Why are, what are our gifts and talents? Um, 
that was that was hard for me, right? I turned fifty in in November. I'm still trying to trying to figure it out. But one of the talents uh, that God has given me that that I believe is the fact that I see things in people that they don't see in themselves, and uh, I enjoy putting people in positions to win. Right, and I've got several stories. I, I did it as a soccer coach. I did it as uh, as a, a business leader. Still doing it, you know, every single day, um, and helping people be the best versions of of what they can do and what they can be, and helping them kind of grow. So the the first the three big questions for that you probably need to ask yourself is number one: Do we have the right people in our organization? I mean, it's, it's either yes or no, and you probably have a pretty good reaction or understanding of, you know, yes or no. Um, are you giving your employees the right tools? Do they have the best tools? Why don't they have the best tools? Could they have, you know, better tools? Could we, you know, figure out how to get them better tools? Um, you know, old and slow, you know, computers and, and – you know, desks and cubicles and light oh, lights. Let's just talk about you know lights. Um, we just uh, we don't run the overhead lights anymore. We uh, we changed our environment down so we're running um, uh, warm light uh, lamps uh, all throughout our office because once again, those lights are super hard on um, the employees. And their their personality, and so we we you know we made a change. We have spent some money, but um, everyone everyone loves it. It's 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 a lot more warm and inviting. Inviting. It's soothing. I mean, I walk into to like Walmart, and I get a headache. It is so bright in that place, um, and the, it's that blue light is hard on you. It's, uh, it's proven. Um, and so that's just one of the things that, that, that we've done. Are we providing them, you know, with the right, uh, tools? And then more importantly, you know, purpose, why do people work for you? Why are they coming and spending eight plus hours a day with you? Um, that's what they're giving you. Why are they, um, what are you giving them? What are you giving them and not expecting anything in return, right? If it's just a paycheck, um, if it's, you know, that they're afraid of changing jobs because of the pay that they're in, um, if they're telling you that they love their job and they're telling you one thing and they're going home to their spouse and they're saying another thing, that might be an interesting conversation, right, is trying to figure out if you have the right people is put together a list of questions, go in and do the interviews. And then, then if you don't believe them, uh, take their spouse out for a cup of coffee and, and see if what they're telling you inside the conference room is the same thing that your, their spouse is telling you, uh, at the coffee shop. And that might be an interesting, that might be an interesting cup of coffee, but in order to understand what you need to do, you have to be able to to have a relationship then where they can tell you the truth, give you the facts without any recourse. That 
that takes a lot of uh, skill. Um, it's it's a skill that I continue to learn, um, but I understand that feedback is feedback, and without feedback, we can't grow. And it's, it's something that I'm willing to to do. We have tough conversations in this organization, uh, but they're just conversations. It's not because uh, we think the other person is bad. It's uh, it's factual, um, and that's taking time to to kind of put that together. Um, you got to have uh, relationships to have those. Uh, those things. All right. What happens if you, um, when you're just getting started or on a limited budget and you can't, uh, you get the purpose, but you, you don't have the, the tools, right? So if you look at the triple threat, um, I'm, let's, let's talk about the movie Braveheart. Okay. Um, so Mel Gibson, um, and, you know, he's, he's got the, the blue paint, the white paint, and he's standing out in front of all his kin and, uh, or his people. Um, and he's getting ready to lead them into battle. Did they have, uh, the right people? Yes, they did. Did they have the best tools, right? Think about the tools that they had versus the tools that the other army had. And there was a significant difference, right? They didn't have uh, horses. They didn't have knights. They didn't have armor. They didn't have, uh, you know, any of that stuff. But ask me or tell me the amount of purpose that they had over the the other army that was just there to fight because the king said that they needed to fight and they didn't believe in it. And then tell me who won. And you tell me whether or not the tools are actually uh, the most important thing. It's, it's a definitely a value add and it's a benefit and it needs to have, it needs to happen, but you can still have a great organization with purpose um, and get a lot accomplished. But like for us, you know, we didn't start out with all the, all the great tools here. We, st- we, that's a, it's a byproduct as a benefit of taking care of all the other stuff. So, um, passion will always, always be talent. Um, I think this, this type of methodology, this, this, you know, trident, the thing that I'm working on, the thing that I'm trying to go through, um, is like I said, it's just a theory. It's just a methodology, but it's it's kind of interesting how I continue to find that it props up in groups of three. Um, one of the other things in our organizations that that it props up in threes is um, think about our income statements, think about the balance sheet, and think about the cash flow statement. Right? What of those three things do most organizations pay attention to? The income statement. And what specifically on the income statement are they paying attention to? The bottom line, profit, right? Red or black? How much of the black are we in? And I think um, they're missing out on, you know, the other thing that's really important in those financial statements is the balance sheet, right? The balance sheet obviously talks about what our assets are, what our liabilities are, and what our equity is. Right, and those have to be in balance. Are we spending 
are we investing on, you know, some of these tools that are going to help us complete our mission, right? And I think the the balance sheet is is a, a another um, piece of the of the trident that we need to be looking at. I also think that uh, cash flow cash flow is is critical, um, and understanding you know how to manage that. So. You know, just all these kind of kind of interesting things that that keep showing up for me, in the, uh, from the the kind of the triple threat or the business trident, you know, theory that I'm that I'm running through, um, is kind of uh, popping up, and I just want to come in and I just want to kind of talk about that because I think organizations can be so much more powerful than what they are. Um, I think as business owners and as, as business leaders, right? And, and just because you're a business owner, uh, you're going to hear this a lot from me, just because you're a business owner doesn't make you a leader. It makes you a business owner, right? Just because you're the CEO doesn't make you a leader. You're, you're the chief executive officer. Uh, you're hired by the board of directors for the corporation, uh, just because you're a head football coach doesn't make you a leader. It makes you the head football coach. I believe that you are the leader of one. You, you've got to get you right. If you aren't right, and then there isn't anything that that is going to go on in your environment, in your own culture, that isn't going to be in alignment, and you're going to find yourself in conflict. And the more time that you spend in conflict, the harder and harder it is going to be for the people that's, that's around you. Right. I mean, I think I said this earlier, if you show up at church one way and you, you act another way in your house and then you act another way at work, um, something's going to give. And, the truth, the truth uh, of who you are is, you know, kind of out there. And I would say, you know, probably the way that you're showing up at home is kind of like who you really are um, because typically your guard is down um, and you're behind closed doors, right? No one else can see you but your family. So what's your purpose? You know, what are your gifts and talents? What are you... You know why are you here, and um, I think that starts with you. you Got to understand that. Um, do you have the right tools? Do you have the right people around you? What's your environment look like? And um, I think those are all questions that I've asked myself, and I continue to to work through. But you know, think about what that business trident is. What's what's the triple threat? Um, and find your purpose. Sit down um, and really start working through and asking the question, like, why are we in business? Why do we deliver, you know, our product? Why do we provide this service, right? Um, and start to understand and try to figure out really what what you need to be doing. So anyway, 
uh, that's the the business trident, and I'll continue to work on this and continue to noodle it. And um, I appreciate you guys jumping on here once again. Uh, this all started with me trying to find or come up with a name for the podcast. Um, and I really struggled with that, to be honest with you. Um, I thought having my name in the podcast was a little bit too egotistical. Um, and, you know, Modern Day Warrior and some of the other stuff that I was coming to, which just wasn't really in alignment with really what we were doing. But but we had our three pillars, clarity, culture, and commitment. And so I just simply said, you know, from a flexibility standpoint, some of the stuff that we wanted to do because we're not sure exactly what we're going to be doing or where this podcast is going to lean us is just, it's, you know, simply Chris Adams presents. And one of the things that I got to present today was my thoughts on, you know, the triple threat, right? It's action. Um, You can't hold the ball. If you hold the ball, you're going to get a lot of pressure. Um, but when you do have the ball, you have to understand what you're doing with the ball. You got to practice. It's action. It's movement. You got to either shoot, you got to dribble, or you got to shoot, pass, or dribble. And you got to be doing them in those in that order. So, anyway, I uh, appreciate you guys, and um, thanks, and uh, have a great day.